Hey guys. So this is the last part of my interview with Pratt Personal Training. Um, you heard parts one and two. If not, you can go back and scroll through the podcast. Um, I used this interview. It was over an hour long and I broke it up into three parts just so it's a little bit more consumable. But remember, for you guys out there who are in practice or are rehab chiropractors, what I want you to really pay attention to in this podcast is, yes, about what I say and hopefully the information can help you. But I'm more want you guys to listen to how I say it and how potentially some of the things I speak about change based on the audience. So remember, this is a case study. Watch what I do in this situation. You might notice that I speak a little bit differently because this is a gym. And I know that the audience of the gym are potential patients for our practice strive to move. And because of that, I know I'm speaking to that audience. I'm speaking to my potential perfect patient who is different than my perfect client in the coaching business, who is you guys listening to the podcast. So again, watch what I do. Oftentimes that's more important than listening to what I say. Be observant, listen to how I speak because potentially for you out there, who is trying to build your brick and mortar rehab chiropractic practice. There are some things that I say, how I speak, where you might be able to take what I'm doing and now translate it into your uh, communication skills in your community so that your perfect patient becomes a patient in your practice. Again, I appreciate all you guys listening. Podcast has grown. This is about a year into it. And um, I really, really appreciate each and every one of you. So please like, share, and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. What are some of your training goals? And a little bit different. You've had some really good body composition, but I don't feel like you came in as a, I need to improve my body comp guy. You were kind of like a, maybe a performance guy. Actually, I just, okay, on that, on that subject, I just posted a throwback. I think, did you, did you see it? Maybe I think I tagged you in it of you doing some like sprint. I mean, uh, what was it? Five yard sprints, 10 year sprints. I don't five, know what it was. Five, it was like athletic stuff. I was like, oh, there's, there's yeah. Doc Rabinowitz. He's doing some, some I think sprints. You were a little heavier then. Well, uh, yeah, I, I have to get back on the train because I'm, I'm, I can feel the weight sort of creeping back up a little bit. But for me, it's, um, like I was, I was like Pratt when I was younger. I was, I was quite the fat kid. Um, <laughs> I was the one on Weight Watchers going in eighth grade, so same, I could make weight. Same. I could make weight for Pop Warner. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah Same. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few Weight Watcher yeah. bouts in my uh, yeah. in my middle school days. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've always been like a bigger guy, so to speak. And so there's only there's only two options for me. It's muscular or fat. And so I I try to choose muscular. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's it's something now it's crazy because I'm 36. I started like actually working out, going to the weight room at Bridgewater high school in, I think going into eighth grade. So it was like 13 years old. So I've been training and working out longer than I haven't. And so the first thing is just what I do. The only time in my life from that time until current that I stopped training was my first semester of chiropractic school. And it was the worst four months of my life. I felt terrible. I almost dropped out of school. I was so stressed. I looked like shit, like, and like never again, wow. you know, never again. Right. And so for me, again, it's part of just 
who I am and and what I do. It's that it's just it's you know there are and and my wife and I've had these conversations. So when she first moved in with me, I was just getting my business going and she was still in school. So we didn't have like we were fine. We didn't have a lot of money. But every time we have conversations from now, even now, it's like if we have to ever cut budget, the last the last thing that we're going to cut is going to be training. Because for both of us, it's that important, right? Now, for other people, it's the first thing that they cut. And that becomes just a mindset shift and switch. Um, and, and life happens. Like, we get it. Uh, you know, obviously, we all understand that. But in the order of importance for us, like, at, at one point, I'll tell you exact conversation we had. It was, talk about takeout Italian food. It was, hey, we can go out to eat once a week or we can train here. What do you want to do? And we're like, we're going to train. And so now, like, she's working and we're making more money so we can actually go out to eat, just not take out Italian. Um, <laughs> but but, um, but it's always just been a part of, of what we do and a part of what I do. For me, the thing that I utilize you guys for a lot now is because I, you know, of what I do for a living, I— the conversation I was saying about a hip replacement happens 40 years in advance. You know, for me, I know my right hip, it just does not move as well as my left hip. It doesn't hurt, but I know it doesn't move as well. And, and I looked at this thing a few years ago and I'm like, I'm going to be that guy if I don't do something about it. And so now when we're talking programming and collaborating on what, like, what I like and don't like, I put sort of my rehab into my training. So, you know, I had back surgery. So I make sure that we do core stuff and that we're doing mobility drills for my spine. Um, my right hip, I know I've lost internal rotation. And if I don't do things with that continuously, that's just going to get worse, right? I know that my ankles aren't good. So I make sure we put stuff in there with that. Um, and then on top of that, we add on whatever face. Sometimes we do athletic stuff. Sometimes we do med ball work. Sometimes we do more upper body bodybuilding type stuff or lower body. And so that's the nice thing. I think really nice thing with you guys is that there's, is if you want, if you want the collaboration, like I have a say in it, but at the same time, like I, for me, it's 10% and then you guys do the 90 for someone like Dell, it's like probably She's like, yeah, whatever you want, go and do. And it's great. And and we just kind of go and do. But even with Dell, when she had ACL, because she had ACL surgery, six months of rehab PT, the whole thing. But the reality was the vast majority of the, the work she did was here. Because at some point, and that's another problem, and, and that is not the physical therapist's fault. It's the medical system's fault is you get six months and you're functional, mm -hmm. quote unquote, and they, they let you go, so to speak. But she was so far from being ready to, do her thing, mm -hmm. right? Skiing, tennis, the whole thing. And so we were able to get, do her quote unquote physical therapy that should have been done there that couldn't be done um, just because of the way the system is. We did that within it. So I use it for body comp because it's what I do. I do it for physical health. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of reasons and I do it so that I can have good material so that I can talk shit to James. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the real underlying that, reason. That, that ACL piece, is, look, we get that all the time from athletes. And as soon as you mentioned integration before, that's the first thing I thought of the amount of athletes that the parents come to me and say, my kid is cleared mm -hmm. and they come in here and they can't do a shuffle in one direction. And it's scary because the alternative was like. We were thinking about coming here or we were just going to start soccer next week. And I'm like, whoa, like we were just good to go next week. We're on the field. We're yeah. playing full speed. Yep. Um, it, it is. It's scary. 
It's uh, it's scary and it's kind, it's sad, um, because under no objective, it's it's literally it's child abuse. <laughs> it's huh. child abuse. Mm. You know, if uh, every objective measure, um, is not where it needs to be to be able to get to that level. And so, look at it two ways. Number one, reoccurrence of that in that situation, ACL through the roof. It's it's through the roof even if you're, um, you know, even if you have it. But go back to the Go back to the getting old part, right? So, okay, you have a knee, you have a knee surgery. You're good. The surgeon does a good job, right? Now, all of a sudden, that quad isn't as strong as it needs to be, and so what happens? Well, over the next five, six, seven, eight, ten, twenty, thirty years, we don't we don't absorb as much force on that knee, so we might put it on our other knee or other hip, uh, and that happens a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. Right now, everything looks good. We go back to squatting, or we go back to walking, or we go back to running, and our strength difference is 10, 15, 20%. Not anything to write home about. Can't even really see it, but it's there. And then 50 years later, we wonder why the left knee, the other knee needs to be replaced. Mm. And we can trace it back to the fact that we never actually regained the strength. So our body figured out how to compensate and we couldn't see it or feel it. Right. Yeah. That's how that stuff happens every day, every day of the week. You know, it's, it's wild. And you can, Trace that back with car accident, neck injuries, the whole thing. I got this neck thing going on right now um, where if I didn't know what I knew, I wouldn't do anything about it, right? Because it doesn't actually bother me that much. But I had a, a thing, an acute flare-up like a year ago, and then it sort of got better. Uh, but now I look and I tilt my head to one side. I have full range. And this side, I'm like stuck. It doesn't hurt, but it, it's not good. And so Everyone's I've lost doing mobility. That right now, listen to this. Yeah. Everybody. They're in their car. <laughs> yeah. Driving. But I'm getting head left and right. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned, things don't just magically get better. And so, like, as you can see, it looks like I have hickeys on my neck because I'm getting treatment on it to try and regain that mobility in the area. Because when I'm 70, it's be like, I don't know. My neck just hurts. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Of course it's going to hurt. Like, you didn't do anything to fix the injury when you were 36 and you could have fixed it. Yeah. At least I know what to say if I come in with a higgy. That's actually a higgy on my neck. Oh, yeah. Just a good treatment. Just my neck, you know, the one way I couldn't turn that much, and the other way— Or do you so, think yeah, my yeah. wife got pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one through three, best athletes that have been in this building with the last name Rabinowitz. We have Justin. Yeah. We have Dell, And we have Jeff. Mm. I want you to be completely honest about these. You know, I think— the best athlete actually naturally talented is probably Dell. She's a very, very fluid athlete. And I always wonder with her, she did tennis growing up, gymnastics, and she skied. She never played like any other sport than that. And then you like go and you're like, holy shit, she's pretty good at that. Golf, she like gets out there and swings it. So she probably is the most naturally athletic one um, if she, so it's funny, you'll appreciate this. I think I've told you this before. So both of you and I, we grow up, we're obsessed with sports. It's our whole life. We train as much as we can. We do the whole thing that we, and then everything, our life is about playing sports. And we end up at, a division three school in New Jersey doing what we're doing. Like, and in our whole life with sports, <laughs> Dell, she shows up and she's like, yeah, like I played two years of tennis in high school. It was fun. Like I did it for an activity. It was a nice fun thing. I just like to be active. She goes to college at a division three school in New Jersey. She goes into the lunchroom the first week of school and says, hmm, I wonder if there's an activity I can do so I don't get fat in college. Tried off for the tennis team, made it, became the team captain. And so all three of us ended up playing division three sports. Yep. 
And we got there in the exact fashion that you would expect. Meanwhile, I'm running sprints for 40 minutes before football practice, just because if I'm doing a little more than everybody, I'm getting that much yep. better. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I used to, I, I permanently wore out the front lawn of my parents' house because I had a, a batting tee and a, and a box of wiffle balls on the front lawn every day in the summer. And Dell's, oh, let me just not get fat and have an activity. Yeah. yeah. So, so probably, just naturally, oh, yeah. naturally yeah. athletic for sure. We could hang our hat on just the fact that it builds character. Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's two? This is the big one. Uh, I would say for the longevity aspect, my dad. Yep. Right? Boom. I just wanted to make sure you put yourself last. That's yeah, I'll be last. <laughs> I'll, I'll be last. I'll be last. That's for sure. If I, I'll tell you what, if I can if I can move like my dad does at his age, we're, we're going to be doing pretty good. He's 100%. in his 70s and he can uh, he can move it pretty good. He's in good shape. So, you know. The that's man. A, and, and, yeah. and actually, at the time of this recording, September whatever, talk about longevity, September 2nd, 2022, his mom, my grandmother, this weekend, her hundred and second birthday. Wow. <clears throat> so wow. impressive. So impressive to me. She still can walk around and do her thing. It's wow. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're the fourth most athletic Rabinowitz yeah. in this <laughs> podcast conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good to know. Uh, last question I have. Daily routine. I feel like you're a very highly productive citizen, and we have sometimes some very early morning conversations. And we get lost in personal development, business development, stuff like that on occasion. Yeah. I'd love to know what your average day looks like. Um, my average day. So what I realized, and one of the things that's been super helpful from, and I, not everyone has this ability, but as I've sort of shifted roles in my work career, so to speak, is I've changed when I've worked out, right? I used to be a 6 a.m. or here because I'd have to go to the office and treat patients all day. And now, since I've kind of stepped back into the business side, what I realized from an optimization standpoint is people are like, how do you get up at five and work? It's like, because that's when my brain works. And so I've told Sydney this before, like my brain is optimal from about, you know, five to 9 a.m. And so I work from five to nine. And everyone's like, oh my God. It's like, no, it's just like when I'm fresh. And then nine, my body like is up and ready. And so that's when I'll come to the gym and it's like sort of a good break. And then I can go back to work. But the other day, but by five o'clock, it's over. You know, it's over. The other day, I got an email I'm presenting at my chiropractic college in a couple of weeks. And they emailed me uh, like, hey, just a friendly reminder, all your presentation and slides are due today. And I hadn't started it yet. And it was 5 p.m., which wasn't actually a problem other than the fact that it was 5 p.m. <laughs> so those next two and a half hours were horrendous because my body just doesn't really function well. Now, for all of us, like I said, training is what it, it a part of my life. And so if something happens, we're having a baby soon and that changes. If I have to be here at 7 p.m., I'll have to be here at 7 p.m. Because again, it's like one of those things that I think if it's important, you're going to find a way, right? I, I think it becomes that mindset shift, right? In, 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 your, in your career and training and all that. Um, but somebody told me this once, it's probably interesting. You guys can go and look. I bet if you surveyed members here of your gym and you looked at the members that potentially have been here the longest and you on average compared their income to the ones that come and go, I bet it would be significantly higher, more discipline, show up when they show up, when they, they commit to something, they're going to do it and it translates. And so the guy that I was talking to once, he, he said he belonged to a CrossFit gym and he always said the 5 a.m. and the 6 a.m. crew would always talk about that and say, I wonder if we took the average income of our 5 and 6 a.m. crew compared to the other crew and what that would look like. All just because it's something that you're making a sacrifice, you're being disciplined, it's, it's painful to do that all the time, but we just sort of do it. And so 
you know, I'm on the treadmill today, seven minute run. I hate, I, I, I played baseball. If you run 90 feet, it's a good day. <laughs> seven minutes of running. God bless. This was not an interval. This was straight through. Straight seven okay. minutes. Really and tough. I get about we'll two minutes. We'll talk to our programming That's terrible. Who did that? <laughs> I get about two minutes in. And the only thing I kept telling myself is, all right, just you have to do something hard today. And this was going to be something. <laughs> but, but it's part of it, right? Like you, you challenge yourself in a way mentally uh, through physical activity that, you know, can sort of challenge yourself mentally. Justin gets off. He's like, what year are we in? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Where is it? Am I 102 yet? <laughs> so bad. That's great. Yeah, I, I think about what you just said before about the restaurant of, you know, we had to make a decision of going out to eat one night per week or working out here. And I just couldn't help but think, I, I try not to go here, but I'm like, I can't help but think about the amount of people that said they can't afford this that go out to eat three nights a week. I mean, again, I think there's, we, we do a lot like business training and business consulting with people. And, and I never want to your point, like there are some people that life happens and, and they can't afford. And, and in those situations, I've seen your emails of like, if that's a truly a problem, like come talk to James, because if you want to be here, we'll figure out a way for you to be here. Mm. But the reality is for most of us in this, again, you, you want to be sensitive to the subject. It a lot of times is a decision that we make ourselves most of the time consciously, right? Not, sorry, unconsciously, mm. that we just decide to put our allocation of funds in other places. And, you know, we always say, um, and I teach this to my team and my clients, you know, uh, if you, if I want to know what's important to you, show me your bank account and show me your calendar, mm. you know, wherever your calendar is, wherever, whatever you spend your money on, that's what we know is important to you. And so if, if this is important to you, then if, if, your, if your physical health is important to you, and as I said before, human nature, physical health is important to people usually only once it's been taken away. But if it is important to you before it's been taken away, then for the most part, you'll find a way. Yeah. Not always, not always, but you'll find a way. You know, we look at people, again, you want to go down the rabbit hole with it. Family vacations are amazing, right? That's a great thing. However, if the choice might be between the family vacation and being consistent in your training, that's a choice, right? That's a choice. If the difference is my wife and I go back and forth, she likes cars. I can't stand cars. But like if the difference is getting a used car and spending $300 a month on a payment versus $700 a month, well, there's your training budget, right? And again, that's a choice. No one says you need that car. But again, people, I, we had a, one of this consulting client told me, he's like, I can't, I can't do consulting with you. I'm saving all my money for a wedding. I'm like, first of all, that's a joke. Why would you do that? That's crazy. And then the next week, I saw that he bought a Harley Davidson. Right. And it's like, yeah, all the, you know what I mean? And so, you know, I, we see that all the time. But what we find mostly, right, look at people that go to chiropractic school. Somehow they figure out how to pay for it, right? Because they really want the degree. They go get a loan. They do all this stuff. And, and again, we're not taking a loan out to train at Pratt, but it's just the idea that if we really, if we really want something that's important to us, um, we're going to make, we're going to figure out how to do it. Yep. We're going to figure out how to do 100%. it. 100%. We've been waiting for that chair. That's a, that's a, it's, like a, it's a trap chair. We've been waiting for it the whole time. We're an hour in and it hasn't gone yet. It just finally went off. But I'll Dr. J's core is so strong. No, he was supposed to fall, no, but he held no, himself no, upright. Nope, nope. 2018, if I was 20 pounds heavier, oh, you're this right. thing would have broke. Way earlier. That's what, yeah, we didn't account for the weight factor. We got to tweak that next time we yep. have a guest on yep. there. Exactly. There's a little dial, I think. 
Uh, Dr. J, number one, appreciate you coming on. Two, I think just from my personal perspective, you've been huge in the development of Pratt Personal Training. Uh, you've given some awesome insight. All of our conversations are tremendously meaningful. And I think from a personal development, business development standpoint, you've been like a big mentor for me. And like anybody who's anybody who's listening to this, I feel like we're getting Dr. Rabinowitz on the cheap right now. Because I feel like 10 years from now, he's going to be a mentor for like thousands of people. And yeah. we're going to be like, hey, remember we had him on our podcast? <laughs> and we're going to try to leverage this to try to get better guests on the show. <laughs> you, um, I think... You've always said, though, your goal here was to kind of change the way the industry is is done. And, you know, we've had, I've had my own, I've been in like six or seven different gyms in my own business. Like I put a chiropractic practice in the gym. So I know, I feel like I know the fitness business almost as well, if not better, because I've probably seen more. If you think about it, I've seen more fitness businesses than I've seen healthcare because yeah. I've been in more of them. And, um, you know, for a long time, your business was built on you and the fact that you were a workhorse and how much you grinded and the fact that you knew what you were doing. And then, it, and now the, the best thing that I've seen is typically once the business grows, you lose. We, I've seen it a thousand times. You grow the business and you, you lose the quality. Yeah. And you guys have, because of the people you have and because of you and because of the environment, I think potentially potentially the quality is actually improved. Agreed. It's improved. Yep. And I think that that is so hard to do. And again, you, we know, we both know of places where the opposite happens yep. almost as a general rule, as a general rule. And so like, I, I feel, I feel lucky to be able to, to be here, um, to be able to train here and to be, to be so close to it. And, um, as you guys know, I can be very picky with the workouts I want to do. Um, and I always think about, it's, it's actually crazy to think this is, I'll go to like California and I'll be like, all right, I can move here, but where would I train? <laughs> That's the first thing I think yeah. about. And so, yeah, no, I appreciate it as a client, as a, as a mentor, as a friend. I think you guys have an amazing group of people. You've built such a really, a really great community of, of people that also happens to do an unbelievable job of, of training people. So I, I, I couldn't recommend anyone out there to, if you're not here to come here, if you've left to come back, um, just get your ass back here. Um, and uh, yeah, for everyone, everyone in the place, just, just keep your head down and keep going. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, the Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you. 